Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad to tell you it's sunny here in South Mississippi today. All the bad weather has passed, and we're glad you're with us around the state, wherever you're tuned in or online. Uh, Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. This segment of the show is sponsored every day by our good friends at Dickey's Barbecue Pit, and we're always proud to lay the Eagle Hour with a plug for Dickey's because the food's delicious. The guys down there are just fantastic. And we encourage you the next time you have a taste for barbecue to be sure it's Dickies. Luke Johnson back with me today. We're in the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We've got a great show lined up for you. Missouri State uh, head coach Keith Gutton will be joining us later in the program. Right now, uh, we want to talk to one of our very own, Christian Ostrander, the uh, pitching coach, of course, for the Golden Eagles. And I think by every account, uh, Coach Barry reaffirmed this Monday, but we all know what an outstanding job. Uh, you've done here, Coach. Uh, what a pitching staff, and, and what a display of great pitching we've seen so far this year. 178 strikeouts compared to 32 walks, and you told me before we come on the air, came on the air, that put a smile on your face. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man, and I'm glad to be with you all today. But yeah, it's, you know, I mean, I am proud of, uh, you know, some of those uh, metrics or whatever, the numbers that uh, they've attained, and, uh, you know, it's things that we strive for, so it's always good to, you know, see your guys get to be able to, you know, go out there on the field and and kind of do what you, you preach all, since they get here in August, you know, and so it's I've been very proud of, of that for sure. Uh, Coach Berry uh, made the comment Monday that uh, what a great job you've done. He said the kids on the pitching staff really believe in you, and th- that's got to be really important, Coach. you got to have the trust of the kids that you're teaching how to play. Am I right about that? No, I think so. I think one of the most important attributes for, you know, in coaching period, whether, you know, a head coach, assistant coach, or a pitching coach, a hitting coach, whatever, is uh, relationships, you know, is, uh, you know, with your guys and, and knowing that, you know, getting one and building one to where they know that uh, I have their best interest in mind and, and, and in turn, they, they have our best interest in mind and, you know, and striving to, you know, and just that trust and, and stuff. So I, I think, you know, it's just, Anything in life, but you know, definitely in this in this aspect too, you got to have that. You know, you got to have that trust and a, and a relationship. Is how you get it, Coach. We've got one weekend left before we get into a conference play. Well, actually, four games. You got a midweek game next week. Are, have you pretty much settled in your mind who your weekend starters are going to be? Who who your main middle relievers are going to be? Your closers, everything, or is or is that still a work in progress? It's close. Um, you know, I haven't been able to get as many. There's still some guys that I think that can have the ability to, to pitch at a really good level, you know, for us that just hadn't gotten many opportunities yet, just for various reasons. I mean, because, I mean, it's just, you know, when you, when starters are covering a lot of innings on a weekend, it just doesn't leave as much available, which that's a great thing, but it's also, you know, it's tough. You want to get guys out there. So I think there's still some things to be determined, um, but. But overall, I would say I feel I'm, I'm feeling pretty comfortable with some 
where I think, you know, guys need to be and, you know, put them in that position to be successful. So I think we're getting close, um, you know, and, and, I, and I really believe probably by, you know, conference that weekend, not this, but the next, that we should, I should have a pretty good grasp on that. All right, Luke Johnson's back on the Eagle Hour. Luke, fire away, Coach Ostrander. Coach has been really impressed uh, with the weekend trio of Powell, Stanley, and and Etheridge. Ben started as a uh, long reliever, and then the twelve strikeouts against Northwestern State. Um, expect uh, you know we're going to add one more guy to that mix, but overall, Stanley, apart from solo home runs, been solid. Walker's been Walker, and what makes Ben Etheridge so good as a pitcher? Well, I mean, well, he's a strike strike hog. I mean, he, you know, he's probably walked. I don't know. He might only walk one this year. I can't really remember. It's just you know, a low amount. So he's going to throw strikes. He's going to make you beat him. Um, the ball, you know, he's not. The, he doesn't throw the hardest of anybody on the staff. But uh, it comes out of his hand pretty good. You know, he has some life to it. But his spin, like this past week, and his slider. You know, he's got two different types of spin. Is you know, curveball and a slider, which is. And they, they really complement each other good, just kind of like Walker Powell has that same thing. Two different shapes coming at you, and, you know, one's slower, one's a little harder, and if you mix them right, then, you know, you can it just it goes to your advantage. And I think that's something with Ben that uh, people will look at him and go, you know what, it doesn't look like it's anything crazy, but, man, it's efficient, and, and it is, and uh, and stuff. So, it, to me, it all goes back to just the guy's going to command the zone with uh, three three-plus pitches. Yeah, 18 two-thirds innings for Etheridge, 27 strikeouts, and you're right, Coach, only one walk. Um, I want you to talk about two guys out of the bullpen. Uh, Ryan Ocklooks can be completely healthy, uh, has not given up an earned run this year, and neither has uh, – you got a true cl- closer now, uh, really the first time since Sandlin. And talk about how, how good Garrett Ramsey's been also. Yeah, well, both those guys, Ryan, I'm real proud of him. Uh, you know, it's, it's – uh, Ryan – I think we all thought in 2019, you know, we remember those, you know, first couple weekends, we thought he was on his way then, you know, and then that, and he was. And uh, and then, you know, that uh, injury with the th- thoracic outlet syndrome uh, came up. And anyway, that's passed. He's good. He's strong. He's stronger than ever. Uh, you know, I noticed the ball started coming out of his hand a little better and it's still growing. I mean, had some 95-mile-an-hour fastballs the other day. I mean, that's pretty impressive And uh, from the left side and, and his angle. So, Real proud of him for getting it in the zone and, and, and doing this, you know, working on those things and uh, just kind of settling in and, and being a guy we thought he'd be. And, uh, you know, and then Ramsey, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I knew all along. Um, I signed him for this, you know. That's, <laughs> I told him pretty specifically, I want you to come be my closer. You know, I think you got the stuff to do it. And and the physical was there, just, but you, you, you never know how the mental side is going to be because that's what separates good closers, in my opinion. But I knew he had the stuff, and I really liked how he's handled some of these fires he's been put in, and uh, specifically that UConn weekend. I thought that was strong and really kind of, to me, starting off in a good place like that should spring springboard him, you know, to hopefully a great year. So, and hopefully, and I think that might be what it's done, and just need to get him out there more. Um. Coach, uh, kind of an, an obvious question. Um, Bob hinted at it before we uh, we went on air with you. Gabe Shepard just one appearance in literally the first game of the season. Could you comment at all? And if you can't, it's okay. Just what kind of his prognosis looks like going forward when the Eagle fans might see him pitch? Well, I mean, I'm just like the Eagles fans. I want to see him pitch too. And, uh, you know, and, and we're at a process right now. We're, we're in fact, today he's going to throw live. And, uh, 
and I'm hoping it all goes good. He's been feeling good. And bullpens have been great. Now the next test is throwing to some hitters, and we're going to do that in the practice setting. Uh, but you know, and see how that goes, and, uh, and if that if that's positive, all right, you got another step closer to you know getting back out there and in, in, in what form. So. That's just that's being honest. Um, you know, it's obviously, yeah, there was something that just wasn't right, and uh, or he'd have been out there, and everybody knows that. And it's, um, you know, unfortunately, all this could be stemming from a non-related baseball injury, and uh, that's caused some uh, disruption and stuff because it's uh, it's been kind of complicated and interesting and weird all at the same time. And uh, you know, but at the end of the day, we're trying to make the right decisions, and with, along with him and his input, you know. Of, uh, getting him you know, the opportunities when he's ready or feels like he's ready and uh, stuff. He's a competitor, man. He wants to be out there. And, and I just caution him. I said, don't tell me, you know, what I want to hear. Tell me what's real, you know, and, and stuff. And, you know, because I know he wants to be out there, but I want to, we want to do that when it's, when it's right and, and it's safe and all that good stuff. All right, Coach, about 90 seconds left. First question for me uh, before we wrap up. Can you promise us the same fireworks this weekend as we had last Friday night? Wow. Well, well, I sure hope so because I, I love watching all them runs touch the plate and all that good stuff. And uh, uh, I think our guys will be ready to play, man. I really do. I, I know we didn't play well the other day in South, and uh, you know whatever reason, and you know we're just ready to get back here, Pete Taylor, and uh, you know, and, and our crowd, and have a good, good Friday night. Got a great opponent coming in. Uh, you know, just ready to go. You know, so I hope yeah. so. Don't you just have to, uh, on games like uh, the Tuesday night game, you just have to shake that off, move on, right? I mean, there are a lot of games left to play, and you just can't let that linger in your mind very long. Well, that's right. And uh, it probably sticks with the coach as long as it does the players, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, it's just a natural thing. But, uh, you know, we're all competitors. We all want to win. And we have pride in the school and this this program and, you know, what's been built here and stuff. And, uh, you know, we just, we want to do our part. And, uh, you know, so for us, it's, you know, it, it gets personal. You want to go out there and you want to whip South Alabama or whoever it is you're playing and just, you know, put a good showing on and represent, make, make you know, your fan base and the institution proud. Well, Coach, I just can't, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I can't thank you enough for the fantastic job uh, that you've done uh, in your four years here. We hope you're here for a long, long time. And, uh, we appreciate all you're doing for the program and appreciate your willingness to come on our, our show. Well, we appreciate you guys and your support. And, uh, man, I'd always, always love coming in and visiting with you guys. So uh, thank you very much for those kind words. All right. We'll have you back soon, Coach. Coach Thanks, Christian guys. Ostrander, extraordinary job, Luke. Uh, this is the best pitching staff uh, I've seen uh, in the dozen-plus years that I've been following the baseball program. You want to look at it. 178 strikeouts, 32 walks in now, what, 16, 15 games? That's amazing. It's astonishing. All right, we'll be back. Kelly Sanders going to join us. And then in the third segment, we're going to be catching up with uh, Missouri State coach Keith Gutton, who's on his way to Hattiesburg as we speak. Hang on, lots more coming on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, our thanks to pitching coach Christian Ostrander for joining us in the first segment of the show. What a great job uh, he's done. 178 strikeouts, 32 walks, and 15 games. 
I can't really say that enough. Uh, coming up in the next segment, <clears throat> excuse me, Keith Gutton, the uh, head baseball coach at Missouri State. They're traveling, actually, on their way to Hattiesburg now. Uh, he has our studio number here. He's going to call us from the bus, so hopefully that'll all work out. Uh, you're going to be pretty stunned, our listening friends, when you hear about his record and the record at Missouri State. So if you were thinking this was a breather before the uh, conference started, uh, uh, you may be you may be in for a disappointment in that respect. This segment is, of course, sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. I took my family down there last Friday, came out with a much uh, emptier pocketbook, but, boy, they got some good-looking swag. You can do the same thing. Had a great conversation with Kathleen, the manager there, wonderful, wonderful lady, and uh, we encourage you to buy all of your Southern Miss swag from Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Kelly Sander is on the phone, so the whole crew is back, and uh, Kelly, this Missouri State baseball team, how about this, man, 11 regionals, three super regionals, College World Series appearance. If anybody thinks this is a is a patty cake, they're just wrong. No, and they're six and five. You know, coming in here uh, this weekend. So, right. uh, and a team that that doesn't get to practice because they've got some you know weather issues up there with the cold and snow. Uh, so, six and five for a team that doesn't get to practice in ideal conditions. That kind of tells you, you know, their ability to adapt. So, I agree with you, Bob. But it goes it goes hand in hand with what Scott Barry has said all along. That this uh, this schedule is by far the toughest one that he's that he's ever put together. So that's another thing that people need to keep in mind when they talk about oh I just don't you know I don't know about I don't know about this team. But iron sharpens iron, and you get better playing playing better teams. So hopefully that will um, that will translate you know when conference uh-huh. play does begin next weekend. Or to steal another phrase from you, Kelly, it's the bee's knees. Yeah, this schedule is, is definitely uh, the bee's knees, the cat's meow, uh, <laughs> any any of those phrases from, from back when we were growing up, Bob, back right, in you know, right. the 20s and 30s. You've missed us, hadn't you, Luke? I, I can tell. Well, I just I just had to swap. I was with teenagers at a spring break retreat, so I had to s- literally go back two generations. I had to swap my vocabulary from <laughs> nowadays and – yeah, go back uh, to Frank Sinatra time. So it's, it's nice hey, to be back hey. with you guys, and I'll have to make that adjustment throughout this segment. Right, right. All right, did you get that information? We were at we were talking a little bit off the air about the NFL, and Kelly asked you know the question that's on the minds of millions of fans around the country is when did the Redskins pick in the draft? So they they picked nineteenth. Uh, that's their technical time, but you know the NFL dot com mock draft has them. Um, Trading up to 15, uh, New England is at, I mean, I'm sorry, Cincinnati, Kelly's team. I really did not mean that as a joke. Uh, they're at fifth, and then the Saints are, are somewhere in the in the uh, mid mid to 20s. That's what I'm looking okay. up for you right now. Kelly, Saints are at 28th. Kelly, how do the Bengals pick in the first five rounds year in and year out and never get any better? Because we suck. <laughs> Every single year. However, uh, because this is a Golden Eagle show, we can tell you that Mike Thomas has resigned. That's great. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so good. We will, we will have some some Southern Miss flavor on the on the Bengal team this year. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see AJ Green as we announced yesterday here on the Eagle Hour. He has left and has gone to Arizona. So maybe he'll be able to to win a ring there as a NFL you know free agency continues. Mm-hmm. And uh, get right around the corner for Major League, you know, baseball season beginning, and then the minor leagues 
will actually report to camp with uh, with some, gosh, some 64 teams in the minors mm-hmm. that were that played minor league baseball last year have been, have been eliminated this year. And talking to baseball executives around the country, they think now that it'll that those teams will never come back. That that is something that COVID has reshaped probably permanently. And when you take those 64 teams and then multiply that by the number of people, you know, on the roster of about 40 people per team, that's, you know, a lot of people. Kelly, that changes the face of college baseball moving forward. If that, if that's, if that holds true, we're going to see a, we're going to see a big change in the complexion of college baseball. It's going to make college baseball better. Right. Because you'll have, yeah, you'll have college plays, college baseball players staying for their entire careers right. rather than getting drafted because there'll be you know fewer fewer draft rounds available, which means it'll make uh, college more of an option uh, for the guys to stay. So it, yeah, it'll make college college baseball will be the winner in right. that deal right. if indeed that uh, remains if that is the case going forward. Right. We had a Nick Sandlin update uh, this week, Luke, while you were gone. Got a saw a picture of him. My goodness, he looks like he's gained twenty pounds of muscle. And he looks on track to make the Cleveland Indians pitching roster. How great is that? That'd be incredible. I I still think, and and being you know, trying to be unbiased about it, he's one of the most intriguing pitching prospects. And it's just because there's so many arm slots. Um, we even saw you know he would mix in a three quarter to over the top at Southern Miss. But I mean, you know where he's going to be, um, and it's almost like being able facing a backyard wiffle ball pitcher because the ball moves so many times. And I think what intrigues him uh, from the Indians' perspective is that he can be brought in really in any situation, and and because you're not seeing him multiple times. Even in a series, he could come in and not really show but maybe two cards in his repertoire to a batter, and then they can bring him in the next day, and they could see a whole new set of pitches. So uh, Nick Sandlin really provides the Indians a lot. I'm not sure if he's going to make it. It would be incredible if he did, but you got to think if he doesn't make it, he'll be up um, in the show sometime this year for sure. Right. And COVID, COVID is still you know rearing its ugly head as far as attendance goes. The New York Yankees announced that they're going to allow 20% uh, attendance for games this early in the year, and then you go to the other end of the spectrum. The Texas Rangers have said, "Come one, come all." So you know that that's going to that's going to make a, a financial a huge difference to a lot of the teams that are opening up the, the teams in Florida, the teams in Texas. Meanwhile, you've got teams like Milwaukee and Minneapolis, and some of the, the teams up north where their states are still on complete lockdown. Uh, they're not sure if they're going to be able to have any fans at all. So these. The, particularly the teams with indoor stadiums uh, in the colder climates, that, that's been an advantage in the past. It's not going to be an advantage in the era of COVID. So, again, the Texas Rangers are open for business 100% come opening day, and the Yankees are only going to allow 20%. You have so to believe the Florida teams will be open for business too, right, Kelly? Yes, yes, the Florida teams uh, will be as well. Um, but you know, with, with and, and I, what I don't understand, Bob, is as more and more of the country is becoming vaccinated, I don't I don't know why. And again, I I'm not a I'm not a political person, but I just with with more and more people becoming vaccinated, I don't know why more and more of the country isn't opening up. Right. I mean, like I agree. Just, I'm, but I'm basing it on logic, and as you know, sometimes politics is not very logical. 
Well, uh, you just sense that it's different here in Mississippi now that the vaccinations are rolling. And, uh, and, and you know, we've said this before, but kudos to uh, Dr. Dobbs and Jackson and, and the governor. They, they've done an outstanding job getting Mississippians vaccinated. And I, I, you're right. I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you think you would see that sense of recovery and it's springtime coming up? It's, it's time for us. I guess you speak that way if you've been vaccinated, but... Uh, it just isn't it, isn't it time to open back up, get our sports rolling again, and, and get America back on its feet, Kelly Center? Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, even, even though the NFL season doesn't begin until August, um, we mentioned the Bengals, but they're talking now even in August still of only uh, 20% capacity, but, but luckily that, that would fill the stadium with all their fans anyway. Um, <laughs> so it, it's, it's not going to affect them. You know, one way or the other. Uh, <laughs> so, I didn't. So I, don't, I didn't know so if uh, if you guys actually heard that uh, Louisiana Tech and, and Ole Miss last night. Of course, it was an announcement earlier in the week, and then uh, that they weren't going to play the two game series. And then uh, Tuesday night, of course, La Tech hammered the Rebels. But guys, uh, pretty interesting last night. The official box score that came out. It was uh, because it was a cancellation game. No score uh, ultimately in the in the box score between Ole Miss and Louisiana Tech. There was no winning pitcher. There was no losing pitcher. But COVID nineteen got the save for the Ole Miss baseball team last night. Well, here's what I never understood about that, guys. If if it's COVID that's going to prevent you from playing on Wednesday night, how do you play on Tuesday night? Well, here's 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 how that could happen. The round of te- if 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 it's legitimate. Okay, I'm not suggesting that it's not, but I'm saying you could have a you could everybody could have been good on Tuesday, but then on Wednesday you have your next round of testing, and somebody came up positive. But if somebody comes up positive on Wednesday, you probably couldn't play then the weekend. Right. Right. Unless, I thought the unless, announcement was actually made before they played on Tuesday, though. That's what was always intriguing I think to that's me. Right. When I heard that. I think that's right. Now, well, and th- and that just goes to show you, you know, you, you really don't know you know, what necessarily to right. believe. But again, with baseball, you don't have to have a full roster in order to play. So you weed the person or persons that were positive or the contact tracing, but you're still going to have to have enough players going forward in order to play. Well, as it turns out, the weather would have canceled the game anyway. So it's uh, it's water under the bridge. Kelly Sander, thank you, sir. You're welcome, guys. Good to talk to you. All right. Keith Gutton, uh, head baseball coach at Missouri State University, scheduled to join us in the next segment. We'll circle back with Kelly to wrap the show up as well. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a, what day is it? It's Thursday and it's spring break week. Happy to have you along with us on the Eagle Hour. Third segment brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of the 895 lunch. Southern Miss taking on Missouri State this week in baseball. If you get to the Pete or get to the uh, the Hub City early, go by and see our friends at 4th Street um, Bar and Grill. Great place to 
pregame and in a great place uh, to watch all of your favorite sporting events. Southern Miss merchandise everywhere, eight ninety five. dollars uh, Lunch comes uh, that way to you every day with a drink. Catfish Friday tomorrow, Bob Getty's favorite day of the week. And, uh, Bob, it's going to be a great weekend. Missouri State coming in. I know you're excited. I'm excited about our next guest uh, with us on the Eagle Hour today. No question. We are really happy to have uh, Missouri State uh, head baseball coach Keith Gutton with us. Uh, Coach Gutton, gracious enough to call in. They're actually on a bus right now traveling from Missouri to Hattiesburg. To give you a little background, uh, Coach Gutton has been at Missouri State since 1983. In 38 years, now listen to all this, Luke, 38 years, he's averaged 34 wins every year. He's had 12 40-win seasons. He's had 1,294 college baseball wins at Missouri State, 11 regionals, three super regionals, and an appearance in the 2003 College World Series. So, a big-time baseball program coming to Pete Taylor Park this weekend. And, Coach, uh, uh, we can't thank you enough for taking the time on the bus to speak to us today. Well, it's good to be with you, Bob. I appreciate you having me. And you've got me for between nine and ten hours if you need me. <laughs> it's, quite, it's, quite a, it's quite a trip. Well, Coach, uh, a storied baseball program, a storied career on, on your part, uh, you guys are off to a six and five start this year. We all saw the effects of uh, uh, 2020. So, uh, what what do you feel about your ball team? Uh, how how are your guys looking to you as uh, you head to Mississippi? Well, it's been a little uneven. Uh, we started off played really well uh, first couple games, and actually the first four or five games, and then not as well recently. We got a good win Tuesday against a good Oral Roberts. Uh, but uh, you know we're still looking to figure out who we are and figure out some of the roles that guys need to take. So uh, I think it's going to take a little time for that to gel. Coach, is it fair to say I asked uh, Coach Graham this a few years ago when he was still at Rice, with uh, 38 years at Missouri State and your story coaching career, there probably isn't anything in a baseball game you have not seen at this point. Is that fair to say? Um. I've seen a lot and seen a lot of games, but occasionally you get something that, and I can't remember, that, that tells you how old I am. I can't remember what it was, but I think we had <laughs> something come up already this year that I have never seen before. But the game is interesting, and it always finds new things to have you observe. Coach Gutton, it was brought to my attention this past weekend by uh, our sports information director here, Jack Duggan, that one of the things that you've seen in your coaching career is that Scott Berry was a graduate assistant coach with you years back, and you've seen Coach Berry with a full head of hair. Well, there are a lot of things we saw back then that we no longer see now. And uh, <laughs> now Scott was with us, I want to say, from about 1985 through 90. He had played at Crowder, which was in the Osho, about 70 miles from Springfield. And this was before I became the head coach. And then he went to Nickel State. He sustained a career ending back into what was then Southwest Missouri State as a student to finish his degree. And somehow our pass crossed. He came to me and he said, I, you know, back at that time, we had zero full work primarily with the catchers, but did a terrific job. Uh, very, very hardworking guy, great character, people skills, and 
nothing he has done since that has surprised me in the least. Right. Yeah, well, we, we have great love for, for Coach Barry here as well. All right, uh, uh, Luke, get in here with uh, Coach Keith Gutton. Coach Gutton, thanks so much for being on with us today. Tell us a little bit about your offense, and then I'll, I'll uh, we'll move on to pitching. But Jack Duffy is so far this year batting four forty seven, Whetstone at three fifty nine. You're batting two seventy eight as a team. What's uh, kind of the offensive mojo for uh, this team this year? Well, I think uh, you know those guys hit one two in the order, and they've got off the great starts. We have uh, some other guys that have been kind of uneven with their performance. But, you know, we feel like down the line it's going to be a good offensive club. Now, you know, Duffy is in his fifth year and Whetstone in his sixth year. So these guys have a lot of, lent a lot of experience and leadership to this to this team, and uh, they've got off a great start. Yeah, Whetstone's six foot six. Uh, our six guy Walker Powell, he's six foot eight. So a couple graduate giants uh, for both teams this this weekend. When Whetstone comes up against Walker Powell, man, that everybody else is going to look like uh, they're extremely small. Coach, talk about your uh, pitching staff. Um, your your five hundred one ERA, but but uh, your Logan Wiley, your best pitcher. What's the weekend rotation going to look like, and and how has your pitching staff well, been this year? He's he's going to go Sunday because he went Tuesday and his pitch count was way down. He's, he's very efficient with his mix. And again, that's another guy that's a six-year player for us. So it feels like you've got some minor leaguers on your team with these with these older guys, but they're all pursuing advanced degrees and lending a lot of leadership to our club. It's so uh, the the Golden Eagles uh, entertaining you guys and, and coach. To be honest, um, I think Golden Eagle fans really excited. Uh, there is has been zero teams on the non conference schedule for Southern Miss this season that uh, will probably not, will that everyone will make it to the postseason. And what's your guys uh, kind of coming into to Pete Taylor Park? Are they looking forward to the weekend. Very much so. You know, we're on the end of our spring break as well, and uh, you know, anytime you can get out of Missouri in March and go to Mississippi to play. And we've been there as a coaching staff several times in the past. I know, and our coaching staff knows, it's a great place to play. The facility itself, the fan support there is is very, very good. And Southern Miss has a reputation around the country as not only having a a really good program, but a very well-supported one. Coach, that's interesting what you said about the, about the facilities. Uh, we're very proud of uh, Pete Taylor Park here and and the you know the tradition of, of home baseball here. Uh, how, you, you, I'm sure you've been to a lot of places around the country, but how do the facilities here stack up in general to what you see in college baseball in your neck of the woods? Well, uh, and of course, in our neck of the woods, the, the game itself is not as popular as it is in, in places like Mississippi. But uh, Southern Miss is in the upper echelon of facilities. You know, we go back to Corky and we go back to Hill Denson playing down there probably, I don't know, early 90s. So we've been coming down. Now, I haven't been down, I don't think, since the turf was put in. When did the, is it infield turf? And when did, when did that go in? It's the entire field is now turf. It went in at the start of last year, but of course, very few games were played on. Certainly we have not uh, witnessed that, but, uh, you know, I think personally, 
turf is a great advantage and that you never miss a day of practice, you know, makes your Januaries down there pretty conducive to getting work in, and I think it's a good thing. Coach, 1,294 wins uh, at Missouri State. What, what has been the secret of your fantastic success? Well, um, you, you forgot to add in, there's probably about 700 and something losses, too. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we've been fortunate. We've had a lot of continuity on our coaching staff over the years. Uh, Paul Evans, our pitching coach, I think this is year 33 for Paul. Uh, we had Brent Thomas here, Scott knows very well, was with us for 32 years, and he, he retired at a too young of an age. Matt Lawson's our other assistant. He played here. He was a GA, a volunteer, and now he's full-time. So that, and I think the program was on very good foot, footing when I got here. Uh, Bill Rowe is the godfather of Missouri State baseball. He began the program in 1964. We've only had two head coaches. He's the one that helped get the gentleman to build a $30 million stadium, which is three blocks from our campus, that houses the AA Cardinal franchise, but we share that facility with them. So there are a lot of good things in place here to build on when we got here. Well, Coach, it's going to be a great privilege to have you and your fine program here, and we thank you sincerely for taking the time to talk to us this afternoon. Wish you safe travels, and and looking forward to seeing you here in Hattiesburg. Sounds great. Thanks for the time, and you guys get a chance. Come down to the dugout and say hello. Love to do it. All right, Coach Keith Cutting, everybody, head baseball coach at Missouri State University. It's going to be great this weekend, uh, Luke. This is the kind of series that – Get you pumped up. This will be great college baseball this weekend. Just the history also uh, with Coach Barry working for Coach Cutton back in the day. And, yeah, I mean, this not only means something to Coach Barry wins and losses. I mean, you know, he's personally attached to this. And maybe a little more fire out of Mr. Clean this weekend. We'll see. There we go. All right, we'll be back. Wrap this edition of the Eagle Hour up. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Great talking to Keith Gutton, head baseball coach for the Missouri State Bears, as they are on their way to Hattiesburg. Missouri State on the year six and five. They have an RPI right now of 121, and uh, just looking at their baseball schedule earlier in the year, they've uh, they won two at Oral Roberts, uh, two out of three against Central Arkansas, lost to Oklahoma State, lost to Tarleton State, and uh, lost two to Arkansas State, but beat Oral Roberts again this past Tuesday, and, and that's, a, that's a good team. So should be a challenge for the Golden Eagles coming in uh, this weekend. A couple other baseball notes. Uh, Chad Kaye, former Southern Miss assistant, of course, with the Texas A&M Aggies. If you want to watch some college baseball tonight, if you're not watching uh, March Madness as uh, the tournament begins tonight with the first four, A&M at Florida on the SEC Network at 7 p.m. Maybe see uh, Coach Kaye 
in action. couple of news and notes from around the university. Two cancellations yesterday. Men's tennis was uh, going to be down in Thibodeau against Nichols. That is postponed. Softball was supposed to play at South Alabama at Mobile. That got postponed also. Props to the uh, Golden Eagle golf team as a strong final round caused them to finish second in the Grand Canyon Invitational. Hunter Atkins shot a 70. Matt Laurent shot a even par 71. And the Southern Miss golf team jumped from eighth to second to earn uh, the, uh, you I guess, the silver medal in the Grand Canyon University Invitational in Phoenix, Arizona. Golden Eagle golf team will uh, be back in action March 26th through 28th when they take place in the Old Waverly Classic. Uh, at in West Point, Mississippi. Uh, a couple other big announcements. Southern Miss Volleyball has announced an attendance policy. 100 general admission tickets and 50 student tickets are now available uh, for this coming Sunday and Monday against North Texas. Only $5. Hit up the ticket office uh, for that. And then a big day coming in uh, about a week and a half, March 27th, will be called Super Saturday, 9.30 a.m. spring game for the football team in the Rock. Then you've got uh, men and women's tennis, and then a doubleheader against Louisiana Tech starting at 2 and second game starting at 5. First 100 student Eagle Club members will receive a voucher for a free sausage biscuit at the football scrimmage and a ticket for the doubleheader. So uh, should be a great day for Southern Miss stuff. Kelly Sander joins us again. And, Kelly, all eyes looking towards that uh, March 27th spring scrimmage. Yeah, but it's really not, um, you know, it's, it's really not going to be so much a scrimmage. I think if, if you're really a football fan and want to see how things are going, I think this Saturday, really, March 20th, is going to be, is really going to be the time when you want to go to the Rock and see the football team play because this Saturday is going to be more the scrimmage and the 27th, which is labeled kind of the spring game is going to be more like a full workout. So in the truest sense of the word scrimmage, this Saturday will be when you want to go. Um, and again, the 27th labeled as a spring game will be more, more like a workout. So just word to the wise, uh, this Saturday may be the one that you want to go to. If you really want to see, you know, offense against the defense and, a more traditional, you know, game type setting. So, and and you will be able to go, you know, you enter that west side of the stadium in gate one and make sure that you have your mask and social distancing and all that to uh, to be able to watch the game uh, this coming Saturday morning. Word word to the wise there, it just depends on which style of, of practice you like to watch. But uh, this, we, this we used to love the spring game, especially uh, McCaleb and I, before Barefoot showed up because it was just us. I mean, we played for both teams. And so we were going to win no matter what. And I think one year they actually, if we did bad, we would have been, you know, eating the beanie weenies. And if we would have eaten, uh, done good, we'd have got to eat the hamburger steaks and the steaks and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, it was fun literally going to both sidelines and uh, being instructed by all people telling you what they wanted to do. Ron McCrone, the old, uh, the old coach for us, he coached DBs. He would get, he'd say, Hey, you think you can cough in corner here, coach? I'll try. And he would, he would just bring stuff out that we hadn't practiced and want us to put it in the game. Those games were so, so much fun though. And it used to be, it used to be, uh, in the Carmody era. And I think even early in the, in the Bauer era, they would, they would have a quote unquote celebrity coach. The black squad would have a celebrity coach and the gold yeah. team would have a celebrity coach. And as part of that, the celebrity coach would get to call one play. On offense, and it was usually some weird thing that you would never ever call. 
you know, <laughs> in, a, in a regular game, so it was pretty obvious which one, which call that the guest coach would make, and it never worked. But it was always fun for the players to to try to execute it, and for the fans to guess which one it was, and big build up, you know, to the spring game. But but make no mistake, there's a lot of pressure on this team to do well this fall because uh, with with COVID and the lack of resources and the money that the athletic department has lost, this football yeah. team's got to do well and get people in the stands this fall. Give them. Give the fans something to talk about to try to Absolutely. get things back on track. Bob, Joy Lee McNellis on tomorrow. Question, right. did, did she ever let you call a play because you were the celebrity coach? I gave the pregame speech, my friend. And uh, they didn't win that night, but I don't think it had anything to do with the pregame speech. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, Bob, it Maybe. was brilliant. I, I saw a text of it. Bob, Bob said, we, we really want to try to score more points than the other two. <laughs> That was that was really it's, prophetic. It's Inside. why I work in radio and not uh, not making a lot of money, coaches. Yeah, she'll be with us. Extended interview with Joy Lee McNellis tomorrow. We'll look forward to that. Until then, Southern Miss to the top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.